Lord, I thank you that, that you have a call on all of our lives. Lord, I thank you that sometimes you call us out onto the water. You call us out into something that's not possible. Lord, I thank you that when you call us, all things become possible. Lord, I, I pray that we learn to operate in faith and not fear, Lord. We, we thank you for your calling and, and we, we embrace it. We encourage it, Lord, and we say, we, we say go before us, God, and, and, and call us and, and let us believe, Lord. Let us walk in that faith that, that you give us. Let us operate in that authority that we have in you, Lord. We thank you for the, for the fact that you love us and the, the fact that we've got authority and, uh, and we believe and we, we do operate in that faith, Lord. We thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can have a seat, guys. Thank you. It's a great morning, isn't it? We've, we've had some great weeks recently, great couple of weeks. As, um, as Steve mentioned this morning, uh, last two weeks have been about our authority that we hold, that we have uh, in, in Christ. And I want to continue along those lines this morning. And I want to talk about expanding our capacity. And expanding our capacity so that we can use that authority that we have in Christ and increase the influence that we have. So with capacity, it's, the, it's the, our capability of handling. So our capability of handling or our capacity in, in our parenting, in our family life, in our work or our business. That if you have a, a business or in the, the people around you uh, and, and maybe it's a ministry role in church. It's expanding your capacity and using that authority that you hold in Christ to increase influence in different areas of your life. So I'm just going to read out uh, two, two Bible passages. First one from Isaiah 54 verse 2, if you want to turn there. Now before this, this uh, passage in, in the Bible of Isaiah, Isaiah was a prophet. He lived 700 years before Jesus was born, and um, before this this passage that we're going to read, he prophesied the trial and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Christ. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing passage if you read that and then read the the, the crucifixion and and the trial and the and the resurrection of Christ. It's amazing. Seven hundred years before that happened, this prophet was speaking it out, and uh, and and after that, the the next few chapters that follow, this prophet is, is prophesying to the church and, and uh, giving vision to the church. And, and it's really a call to action for the church to, to rise. And uh, the, the church is the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. And we're the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. And so we're the ones he's calling to action. And so the next few verses are a, a, a vision or, or, a, or a prophecy for us to rise. And so with that in mind, let's, let's read um, Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. 
For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. So the, the two parts of the, of the verse 2, enlarge your tent and stretch out your tent curtains and then lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. That's, that's what I want to uh, speak about this morning, but in parallel with another verse of Jesus feeding the 4,000. And so I'll read that out today. In Matthew 15, 30 to 38. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the cripple and the mute and many others and laid them at his feet. He healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the cripple made well and the lame walking and the blind see. And they praised the God of Israel. Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. Then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them up and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. After, afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was 4,000 men, and then there were women and children on top of that amount. You have everything you need. Jesus asked the question, how many loaves do you have? And, and they, they replied, seven, and only a, a few s- small fish. So Isaiah and the message from Jesus as well was enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your tent curtains wide and do not hold back. You know, the, the disciples, they, they were overwhelmed by the problem in front of them and, and they were just looking at the little that they had. And, and God works best when we are overwhelmed by what's ahead of us, overwhelmed by the calling that he is calling us to. And, and, we, and when we're fearful and, and we're just looking at the little that we have, but, when, but that, that's when God works best. That's when he's, he's, he loves it, as long as we hand it over. The disciples brought what little they had and they handed it over to Jesus. Don't hold back, Isaiah said. So the disciples, I'm sure they were tired. They, they'd been healing. They'd been with Jesus and Jesus had been healing many people. They'd been traveling. They, it, it was it's an amazing read. They're, they're going from this place to that place. Miraculous signs and wonders are happening. And, and the disciples, I can imagine what they're thinking. They, they probably said, look, we just had music practice and then we followed it up with Friday night service at the olive tree. And then we had a leadership meeting on Saturday. And now it's Sunday morning church. Send the crowd home. They're hungry. 
And Jesus said, no, no, what have you got? And then their fear followed as well. We've only got uh, two loaves, or seven loaves and, and a few small fish. Now, remembering these guys are fishermen, and fishermen, they don't under-exaggerate with their fish, they over-exaggerate with their fish. But the problem is, even if they had three huge fish, it would still be a massive problem. They had 4,000 men plus the women plus the children. So three massive fish are not going to work. So, Jesus, we've only got a few small fish. We can't do it. They were overwhelmed by the problem in front of them. And they, they were tired, they were fearful. Yeah, you know, I, I went to, I've got an example of uh, a guy, it's, it's interesting because it's a, it's a cancer story. I, I, I go to uh, Repco um, quite often and get bits and pieces. I walked in there and a guy, he just had this look over his face and he was, he was not, not in a good way. And, and I, I said to him, what's up? Because I've, I've known him for a long time. And he says, I can't slump on my back. And, uh, and he said, it's, I can't sit down and lean back because it's painful. I can't lay down on my back. Uh, and I, I said, okay, what, what have you, you know, what is it? And he said, I don't know. I, I haven't gone to the doctors for so long about it. I've had it for years. I'm just, I'm afraid to, to hear that it's cancer. And um, but he said, but I, I booked in and uh, they've taken tests and I've got to call them. Uh, I've, I've got to book in and see them, see what the results are. And I said to him, I'll, I'll pray for you. And, uh, and that's, that's uh, maybe a, a fearful step that, that I got past, uh, telling people I'll pray for them. Well, I'll pray for you. It's, it's simple. I'll pray for you. But, but we're often fearful of what they might think or how they might judge us or something like that. But, yeah, that, that's what I said to him. And, and he said, oh, 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 you can if you want. And... <laughs> He's a, you know, he's a pretty manly, you know, if you want. And, and so I did, uh, because I don't like saying I'll pray for you and, and forgetting about it or something. So, so I did. If, if I say it, I want to do it. And, um, and then I made an excuses to go back there, and, and he wasn't on. And so I had some other part that I wanted to order, so I, I went back. And, and I asked him, I said, how'd you go? And he said, oh, it was... Um, it was just a, a splinter that got in there years ago and it became infected and turned into this massive lump. And, uh, and I said, great. I said, um, yeah, the power of prayer, eh? And he said, oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's, there's a, we, we hold authority with, with Jesus, um, but we need to push through the, the fear and we need to push through things that hold us back sometimes and push through. See, I thought it's, it's impossible. He's a, he's a blokey bloke. He doesn't care about church. He doesn't care about God. It's obvious in the way he speaks. He probably doesn't care if I want to pray for him. But that was a, it was a sensitive time in his life. And, and that, was a, that was an opportunity. That was a seed that was sown at that point in time because I pushed through my uncomfortable uh, stage at that time in life. I've got an, uh, a guy that I work with and 
his wife's mother had a stroke and he was he he just came to work he was fairly new and I didn't know him that well but I said oh, I'll I'll pray for them yeah. got found out the details and then I said I'll pray for them and he was he was like nearly sort of fell over and um <laughs> and anyway the next day he was so excited to come in and he he said my wife sent me back in to just say thank you for for praying for them and and that touched her life that was her mum and she recovered from the stroke and and everything is great there and uh it's just just the ways that you can touch people by pushing through something um uncomfortable something yeah And his, his wife was diagnosed with a cancer as well. And so I said, sure, I'll pray for her as well. Because he, he came and told me because he wanted me to pray for her. Uh, and that, that cancer ended up not being as serious as once first thought. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. That it's such an easy, small thing to be able to pray for someone. But sometimes it's so hard to push through in, to step out, step out of the boat. just want to read I want to read the Jesus feeding the 4,000 and also then the 5,000 so Matthew 15 36 and 37 then he took the seven loaves of fish this is the one we just read and when he gave thanks he broke them and gave them to the disciples they in turn to the people they all ate and were satisfied now when I read that I, I read that that it wasn't Jesus that fed the 4,000. I thought, that's, that's strange, because it's titled Jesus fed the 4,000. He, he, he gave thanks, he broke the bread, and then he gave it to the disciples, and then they gave it to the people. And so I looked up the Jesus fed the 5,000. And it says a similar thing, taking the five loaves and the two fish... He looked up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. Very similar stories, very similar passages. So Jesus didn't feed the 5,000, he didn't feed the 4,000, the disciples did. The the miracle that Jesus performed, it wasn't for the 5,000 or the 4,000, it was for the twelve. See, the 12, the disciples, they brought what they had, the little that they had, and they said, this is, this is it. We can't do anything with it. You probably can't either. <laughs> That's probably their attitude. And Jesus took it, and he gave thanks. He's, he was God on earth. He gave thanks to God. He thanked himself in a way, but I'm sure that was just a picture for us. This is what we're to do with the little that we have. We take it to God. We give thanks to God for it. And then God takes it and then he gives it back to us and it's completely different. God wants, he wants you to hand over your gifts to him. He wants you to hand over your talents, your passions. He even wants you to hand over your wounds and your doubts, your fears, and your failures. And he, 
He wants to transform them completely. And he wants to give them back to you, but they're not going to look the same. They're going to be completely different. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Increase your circle of influence. Reach out further. Now, I've recently got a motorbike license. I've had it for about three months. And for that time, I've been trying to figure out how I'm going to put it in the sermon. <laughs> and I've got it. <laughs> um, much to my surprise, when I'm riding along, I'll get other bikies nodding to me. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's nice, I'll nod to them. Yeah. It was just one, two, and then it happens all the time. All the bikies just nod to you. And even the tough ones, even the ones that look like they're out of a gang in a, in a Harley. And so I have these, these guys nodding to me, and I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm in. And, uh, and as I ride past them, I just quickly cover my L plate so that, <laughs> so that I don't lose my chance of being in the bikie gang. Uh, but without me knowing, I've, I've increased my circle by just getting a, a bike license. I've increased the, the people in my circle. I've made my circle bigger. And uh, I, I parked in town on, on Friday, and I got out, did what I needed to do, went back, and this guy with a Harley, brand new, shiny thing had parked right beside me. I'm, I'm sure he targeted me, because he, he parked his shiny thing there just to make his bike look better, because it's next to my beaten up old thing. And this thing, you could, the, the sunshine shine off it and it hurt your eyes, it was that shiny. And, uh, and I walked back to my bike and there he was, he was loading his shopping into the, his side bags and, and, um, and I got talking to him and, and yeah, we got chatting about all the different bikes he had and, and stuff like that. And it's, it, that's something that wouldn't have happened if I never got my bike license. I didn't, I didn't try to increase my circle uh, by getting my license, it's just something that happened. But I'm aware of it now. And the different things that we do in our life increase our circle. They increase our circle of influence, they increase our opportunities, they increase the, the amount of people that come across. It could be uh, you start a new job or, or even someone starts a new job at your work. You've increased your circle, like my, my friend at work. He's I've increased my circle there, not only to him, but his family, his sister, and his mother. Um, it, all through opportunity. Uh, it may even be Facebook. You get a new friend, and you've increased your circle. And it goes beyond just that friend. It goes to other friends. Uh, and so, lengthen your cords is talking about make that circle bigger, the circle that you have, the circle of possible influence. Strengthen your stakes. We all know that a tent put up with small stakes in it's not going to last very long when a wind comes. It's, it's not going to last long when trouble comes. I remember when I was young, I, Dad had these plastic tent pegs. I think they were for a one-man tent. and they were, they were just terrible. They broke when you put them in. And, and they just ripped it straight out of the ground when a wind came. And uh, we tried to get uh, better stakes, better, like steel tent pegs, 
put them in. We couldn't find them. So Dad got these, bought these massive long rods and, uh, and we took them home and, and we cut them up to size and then he got his oxy out, oxyacetylene welder, and, uh, and I had pliers on one side and he did on the other and he was warming it up and we bent our own long tent pegs and so the tent never came out because it had strengthened pegs that were holding that fastened. So this is talking about being grounded in the faith of Jesus Christ and, and what he can do and the authority that we hold in him, being grounded in that with strong stakes. If you increase your circle, you need to be grounded further. So the, the backdrop to the miracle of, of Jesus feeding the 4,000 was deaf. He, people brought sick people to him, blind, deaf, lame, and he healed them all. And the people were all amazed. And then Jesus said to them, said to his disciples after he was teaching them, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. It was, it's interesting to me that Jesus lays out what motivates him before he moves in power and authority. The thing that motivates him is he says, I have compassion for these people. He cares about these people. He, he didn't operate in power and authority without compassion. And the parallel verse of the 5,000, I'll read it to you. It's in Luke 9, 12 to 13. Late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so that they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because... We are in a remote place here. And Jesus replied, you give them something to eat. So the disciples were trying to preempt his compassion. Jesus, before you get too compassionate, send them away so they can get something to eat. Jesus said, you do it. What have you got? Use that. See, we often want to, we often want to have more influence in our life and influence to the people around us. But God's far more interested in us having more compassion for those around us. He wants us to to deepen, deepen our compassion, deepen our love and our concern for others. I'll just ask for the, the band back up, thanks. Yeah, my, my prayers changed recently. I've, I want to be an influential person. I want to have, be a person of influence in people's lives. And I, I used to pray, God, uh, give me influence. Give me influence wherever I go. Give me influence in certain people's lives and in, in the broad range of people's lives. But it's changed recently to, God, give me more compassion for the people that are already in my life. See, God's not going to increase my circle until I can increase my compassion. It's, it's no good having someone of influence if they've got no compassion. 
you need to get the right order to this. You need to have the compassion right in your first, in, in your life first, for those people that are in your circle, so that God can make you influential. There's there's the the saying that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. How true is that? He is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to his power that is in at work within us. But you need to care about those that are in your circle before God can do immeasurably more than we can think or ask. Yeah. Can everyone stand with I'll just I'll just pray. Lord, I thank you for what Jesus has done on the cross for us. I thank you for, for the way he poured out himself just for us, us individually. And I thank you, Lord, that he's, he's risen in power, he's risen to life just as we rise with him, God. I thank you for the authority that, that you've placed in us. I thank you that it's complete. And I thank you for the power that you work through us, God. Lord, Teach us to be compassionate about others. Teach us how to operate in faith so that we can operate for you, Lord, and the kingdom of heaven can go further. Lord, we thank you for the influence that we have on people's life, Lord. We want to see others saved, Lord. We want to see your kingdom go further in our lives in Batemans Bay, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Thank you, God.